well, what, if anything, are we doing to prepare for Jesus' second coming? How excited are we to see him as soon as possible, to be with him forever? Now, Jesus talked about his second coming many times in the Gospels, and he gave his followers many admonitions about what they should do as they continue and eagerly watched for his return. And also the apostles who wrote the New Testament had much to say about his soon coming return, which is the blessed hope of believers in the glorious appearing of the Savior. So in today's parable, Jesus teaches that those who want to celebrate his wedding feast with him must not run out of oil. Rather, they should always carry enough oil with them to keep their lamps burning all night long. Okay, what is oil? Let's go back to Moses. Oil was used to anoint Aaron and his sons after him to be priests in service to God. And as Jesus' church, we're told that we are a royal priesthood by the apostle Peter. We are to be anointed to serve him. Now let's come up to Jesus and when he spoke the first time publicly in the synagogue and launched his ministry, what did Jesus say in that synagogue? He said that he had been anointed by the spirit of the Lord for his ministry as he quotes from the prophet Isaiah. And then when Peter preached to Cornelius and his family in Acts, the first non-Jews who became believers, he said that God had anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, just from this, and there's many other places in Scripture, we may safely conclude that oil in Scripture, symbolizes the Holy Spirit. So what is Jesus really teaching in this parable? The necessity of being continually, continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? To be both prepared for his return and to always be looking for him with expectation and excitement. So now let's look at the parable in the portion of the psalm that we heard to fill out the truths of this general truth that we are to be continually filled with the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. First, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins going out to meet the bridegroom with lamps 
Five of them took inadequate oil. They were not ready and they were locked outside. So he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took lamps to meet the bridegroom. Five foolish took no extra oil, but the five wise took extra oil. So let's look at it sentence by sentence. Jesus speaks and says, then the kingdom of the heavens will be compared to 10 virgins who having taken their lamps went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, the Apostle Paul teaches us that Jesus is the groom of the church, which has been betrothed to him, is engaged to him, to be presented to him as a purified virgin. Now, the ten virgins in this parable are the bridesmaids for the church. Then Jesus continues or starts to give his parable, this story. He says, five were being foolish and five wise. For the foolish, having taken their lamps, did not take oil with them. So in this parable, we have a 50-50 split, half and half. Half were foolish. What does that mean in the Bible? It doesn't mean just, you know, ignorant and flighty. It's much worse than that. It means they have no thought of God and his ways. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But the other half were wise or thoughtful. That means they had both hearts and minds fully dedicated to God and his ways. Now, the foolish ones saw no need of having enough oil for their lamps to last through the night. They figured they were just going out. It would be over quick. We don't need to bring extra oil. But then Jesus says, the wise took oil in vessels along with their lamps. They wanted to be ready. Should the groom be delayed? They had reserves. They had plenty of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's them. It's in a parable. What about us here this morning? Are we determined to seek to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit so we are ready for Jesus? All the days of our lives in this world, we should never let our guard down. Always, always, always be ready. Jesus' disciples are always ready for his second coming, for his arrival. Then Jesus says, adds a little plot twist, but the bridegroom tarrying, they all grew drowsy. And they were sleeping. Now, Jesus does not tell us why the groom took his time and was slow to arrive for his wedding celebration. But we know the what. For whatever reason, he was delayed. He tarried. So after a few hours, the sun had set. All of these bridesmaids, they grew tired. They were drowsy. 
And it said they slept for a long time. They were sleeping and ongoing with sleeping. But then something happens radical. At midnight, the bridegroom came with a shout. And the ten virgins being awakened, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish demanded oil from the wise who strongly refused them. Let's go sentence by sentence again. In the middle of the night, a shout was made. Behold, behold, the bridegroom, here he is. You all must go out to a meeting with this bridegroom. So by the middle of the night, they'd been asleep for several hours now. But suddenly a shout was made that woke them up. And they are to behold the bridegroom. And then they are commanded to do the very thing they set out to do in the daylight. They're going to a meeting with the groom. And then all of these, all 10 of them, the virgins were roused and they trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, you all must give us out of your oil because our lamps are going out. They're being extinguished. So both the foolish and the wise were roused, were shaken awake. And now they are aware of their situation. And the foolish make a demand. Those who had no room for God in their lives are now demanding the thoughtful ones who knew the need for a continual supply of oil. They are now to put themselves at risk to cover their willful lack of preparation. It's a foolish Demand. And they continue and they say they now know they need more oil because their source of light is being extinguished. There's no oil and the lights are going out. But those, the wise, were given to answer. Notice this passive voice. It was given to them to answer. In other words, Jesus is saying, God gave them this word. This is God's word through these virgins. They said, never. There is no way. They used the strongest language available to them that we have enough for us and you. Rather, rather, you must go to the sellers and you must buy for yourselves. So the wise realize that this request is impossible to fulfill. And now they have a sufficient supply of oil, but only enough for themselves. They provided for themselves but they absolutely do not have enough. They can't also supply those who were willfully negligent. They have no obligation. They're saying this, the Lord is saying this through them to these people, you must buy. So they demand the foolish bridesmaids 
That is a last resort. Why don't you go and try to quickly, quickly buy what you need and hurry back? Maybe you still have opportunity. Maybe you'll get to go in with the groom. In other words, they are saying, we are ready. But implicitly, implicitly, they're also saying, you should have been ready too. It's your responsibility. So, again, this is the parable. Jesus told this 2,000 years ago. But what about us? Will we heed the words of these wise and thoughtful bridesmaids? The words that God is saying to us to always be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we have the desire and the strength to persist in the role that God has given us to make disciples of people of all of the nations to hasten the return of his Savior Son. That's Jesus' last command. That's what we are to be doing. We need the Holy Spirit to do it. Jesus' disciples, you see, are always ready for his second coming, for his arrival. Now we get where we've already seen the problem, and now we get the final word about it. The prepared versions enter with the bridegroom, and the unprepared are locked outside. So be prepared for the one who is the light and the truth. So Jesus continues as he brings this to a close, After the foolish leave, the bridegroom came and the wise went in with him, with him to the marriage celebration. And then the door was locked. So those that were ready when the groom came because they had sufficient oil for their lamps, These wise and thoughtful bridesmaids were ready and they got to follow the groom into the wedding celebration while they still had the opportunity to do so. Again, now, what does this say about Jesus and us? It will be the same with Jesus and us if we are filled with his Holy Spirit and doing his will when he returns, if he should return before we die, as we said in the creed, we will go in with him to his wedding celebration feast. Let us be prepared. Let us be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus' disciples, are always ready for his arrival because he contrasts this and says, if we aren't ready, this door was locked before the foolish and unprepared bridesmaids returned with the oil they purchased. And Jesus spells this out now. But afterward, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, thou must open to us. The foolish ones, the ones with no regard for God, 
now realize on their return that by going away to purchase the oil, they should have already had and taken with them. The door has now been locked and they're excluded from the celebration and they panic. Now they call the groom Lord and they demand that he open to them. But Jesus goes on and this is heavy, heavy, heavy. But having answered, he said, truly, I'm saying to you, I have not known you. Not known. The groom in the parable, Jesus is telling him that because of their disregard for God and their refusal to know him and his ways, understand this, their attitudes and actions have kept him from knowing them. He says, I don't know you because of who you are and what you've done. And further, they arrive at this proper understanding of him too late to join him in his special day. So I don't know who may be listening to me out on the internet and who knows what's even happening sometimes in our own hearts. But if there is anyone, anyone who is putting off surrendering his or her will, if we're putting off surrendering our will to walk with God in humble, dependent faith, we, if we're doing that, may suffer the same fate as these foolish bridesmaids. And that would be a horrible thing to be excluded from this awesome and wonderful wedding banquet by not being continually filled with the Spirit. And Jesus concludes with this sentence. You have not known the day or the hour. Be prepared and wait for the light and the truth. And now I'm bringing in the psalm. So Jesus literally said, watch therefore, because you know neither the day nor the hour. So Jesus is strongly warning everyone, including us here this morning. He is warning people to be continually watching for his return and to be ready for him by doing his will, being filled with the spirit as a member of his church. And we must be ready at all times because no one knows the time of his return. And he could be coming soon. And as crazy as it may seem to our human minds, he may even come today. Now, let's go to the psalm because I think it beautifully lays out who Jesus is. This is a psalm of the sons of Korah. 
These were the temple musicians through Haman, which means faithful, who was Samuel's grandson. And ultimately, they come from Kohath, Levi's second son, who was also the father of the high priest. And this is their prayer, their request of God. Thou must send out thy light and thy truth, and they will guide me and bring me to thy holy mount and thy dwelling place. Now, both God and Jesus, because Jesus is God, the whole Trinity are both light and truth. And then there's an interesting word here. It says, you know, that we uh, may go to thy dwelling place. The biblical word for dwelling is shakan. And some of you, if you ever attended, especially a Pentecostal church or certain other Bible-believing churches may have heard this term, Shekinah glory. It means God's continuing glory dwelling with his people, his ever-present glory. And all throughout scripture, as part of the covenant, God desires to dwell with his people. And then the second verse we heard says, and I will go to the altar of God, to God, my rejoicing of joy using strong synonyms, and I will praise thee with a stringed instrument, God, my God. Now, you know, I don't think of this very often, but it came to me when I was pulling this sermon together. The altar is the place where we offer ourselves in service to God, okay? This is our spiritual form of worship. We go to God's altar as living sacrifices. And the result of receiving God's light and truth in order to serve him is joy, Great joy, the rejoicing of joy. We receive delight from God. So God's light and truth, which are Jesus Christ, that's our delight. So again, we should be delighting in him and eagerly expecting and being excited that he's coming. He's coming soon. He might come today. And then it says, stringed instruments of praise. Now, in the days when the Psalms were written, the most common stringed instrument was not a guitar, but a harp. So the joy and excitement of God's dwelling presence and his light and his truth. People think about it. That's all we need to always be ready and prepared for Jesus arriving at his second coming. Jesus' disciples are always ready for and excited at the prospect of his second coming. So let's just wrap this up. Jesus tells the kingdom of heaven parable about foolish and wise bridesmaids to warn his disciples to always have an abundance of oil with them because they cannot know when he will come and call them to his great wedding celebration, Revelation 19. So they must be filled with the Holy Spirit and delighted 
by his light and truth. Jesus' disciples are always ready for and excited at the prospect of his second coming. That's what this whole morning has been about.